It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett. And with me, as per usual, is Aaron Flottam. Hey, John, what's going on, man? Um, I know the, the Bucks blessed us with uh, not having to have a sports abyss this year. We didn't have one. But uh, if there ever was a sports abyss, it's uh, right now. We have, a, we have like a three-day sports abyss right now. It's not the greatest. We did have some things to talk about here, but it's in. Uh, it's not as much as we have had just recently. So uh, yeah, right. but other than that, how's everything going for you, Aaron? No, it's 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 going, John. It's uh, uh we're we're moving along through summer. Um, I'm I'm gonna get rid of Facebook. I figured out, and uh, <laughs> okay. it's not for the reasons that you would think. It's because I'm sick of them showing videos of my kids from five years ago, and I see Ruby. <laughs> on the beach when she's three years old and uh it makes me want to cry thinking about where those five years went so I, I miss i miss summer times man i miss i miss having the little kids summer times that you can feel you can feel it well you should feel it man you got a high you got a high schooler yes but to make up for it you have a one-year-old <laughs> that two she's two yeah yeah sorry two years old yeah sorry yeah so anyhow where did that last year go <laughs> Oh, this last year's been there, there's several years of our lives I just don't think count. I mean, like I had a year in Kuwait, I had a year in Iraq. It spent more time in Camp Shelby than any human ought to probably. And uh, yeah, I want that. I want that year back from nine to ten, man. <laughs> yeah, they don't. They shouldn't count. Uh, basically, everybody yeah. else did stuff, and my life stayed completely still. So it's it's a weird, weird sort of way of looking at it that way. Right. And actually, just because because we were involved in that deployment, chances are we're not going to live as long as other people. So we actually double down on that. Yeah. And anyone who doesn't know, we were right next to burn pits. So if you see any yes. burn pits, that's definitely Aaron and I. And uh, if you ever want to know, if you want to know what a burning car battery smells like, just ask me. I can explain it to you. Like the um, our, our base had Ugandans who used to um, watch the towers just in case somebody would try to get out, and we would. I would go up there and talk to him sometimes because I had to as part of my job. And every now and then there's just this, like these two towers where just the smoke from the burn pit just washed over them. Like they're just constantly in a black cloud of just hatred. And it looked like they were burning human souls, basically. I said, they're like, it's well, not so bad today. I was like, yeah, it's bad. You're all going to die. None of you are going home. You know this, right? And they were like, yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I just wanted. Yeah. If, no, if, I, if, I don't know what it was actually, John. I don't know what it was like because I worked for S two, better known as Intel. So I spent all my time up at headquarters. Yeah, as, which means I, I could have been anywhere on base. You don't know. You don't know. Don't. In fairness, yeah, very secretive, very secretive yeah. lot. Yes, but anyhow, like very, the, um... very, very Stuart Secret Squirrel <laughs> character from the past. Yes, yes, not on this show, but anyhow. Yeah. All right, uh, let everybody know we've gotten a little bit into this, and we can be a little punchy today because there's not as much news to get into, but uh, you can follow this show on Twitter, in uh, on, on the Twitterverse out there. Get your Twitter machine fired up, and you can follow this show. You can do that at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can also follow me at NotSoHumbleHost, and Aaron, you're on Twitter as well, correct? 
I am, John. I'm at Cheddar Talk, and uh, I liked how you said we could be a little bit punchy because we're going to be talking about the the Bucks' newest acquisition. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that was a not planned transition, I suppose. But yeah, it would have been uh, great if that's what you were planning, though. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to our audience because they deserve better. So uh, either way, <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to get rolling right into this uh, and, and start everything off with what we like to call here our main event. Starting things off with the main event. Okay, just little bits of stuff to start off with from the Packers because that's that's our main sort of subject here in the uh, in the Scotty Johnny podcast here in the Wisconsin universe. We start Gosh, off with you know, Packers. I love the Packers. Oh, jeez. That actually, ah, geez. anybody who knows the um. Uh, was it the bananas at large, which is the Bana- bananas at large? Yeah, that's what I was doing. The oh, yeah, the Packers. Uh, so, of course, gosh, I, I couldn't love the watch Packers. the Packers. Gosh, I love the Packers. Yeah. How could you forget Vince Lombardi and you know, all back in the glory days? Yeah, not me, man. <laughs> the guy who sings that um, was an art teacher at my high school. So, oh, really? Yeah. So I did was, not know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shane Totten, who was the lead singer for the Bananas at Large. So yeah, that was a big part of my that was a big part of my childhood, man. Yeah, he was also he did this thing where he was Captain Ecology. He would go around to the schools and he would play music and sing songs and do yeah. do stuff. He had a whole outfit and everything, but he also was the uh, he was the art teacher at my high school. And like you would expect, um, our art teacher also taught a class on taxidermy. Oh, of course, yeah, because yeah. it's because <laughs> it's Wisconsin. Technically, I'm north of Highway was, 10, so yeah, I was I, not I'll, I'll northern, Wisconsin. northern Wisconsin. I will never call Stevens Point northern Wisconsin, but it was. And it's actually dead smack middle Wisconsin, but yeah, yeah just about so. yeah. So yeah, uh, that was always no. Fun. I mean, I, if you were to give me a chance here, I could probably sing the whole Thirty Point Buck song and Thirty Point Buck Part Two. Oh, Part Two, I don't know as well, but yeah. But anyhow. Back That's to our Packers, one, actually, getting into our Packers. Um, it was family night this last week. Uh, was not the full house that they would normally have. Normally, that thing sells out. Um, it was pouring rain. Like, it was pouring tornado, rain. There was tornado, warn- tornado warnings in the lot, yeah. Yeah, and also I think they're still – I don't know if they were going to try to fill it at max for a, a an event like this. I think they were trying to limit it somewhat. But, yeah, it's – we got to see a little bit of video and uh, you know it was on TV in places and such too and uh got to see a little bit of Jordan Love throwing a football he looks better i mean he he doesn't look like Aaron Rodgers he made some he made some good throws his uh his motion is um a little shot putty i if i could put it in a way Philip like, Rivers he's got like... a very... yeah a very yeah. did you say Phil Rivers yeah Philip Rivers kind of like from the shoulder kind of look like he's got yeah just know, yeah like pushing it forward so i mean i can't i can't say anything bad about it there was one down the field throw where he threw into double coverage and the guy didn't catch it but he hit him yeah that was that was a, that, was a 50, being, that, that ball was in the air for 50 yards and yeah and and, it, and the defenders didn't touch the ball the guy just dropped it so it was yeah. a good throw like and it was from that weird yeah man i don't know like on, yeah, on a Phillip Rivers. I, I was trying to come up with a way to say it besides shot putting, and you nailed it on the head. It's very Philip Rivers. So his footwork looks a lot better too. So for anybody who's been watching him over the last several years, or I guess it's been one full year, one year, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you watched him in the camp last year, and you watched him in college possibly as well. But if you watched no. him in camp last year, you can tell you watched him and and you know Rogers and the other quarterbacks, and they would have the same footwork exactly, and then right. they'd throw the ball. 
and you would notice that his footwork was something different. It was just, mm. it was not the same footwork. His steps are off. And for a quarterback, that sort of thing affects all of his rhythm. And this, this is really a, a kind of timing and movement offense where you're going to scheme a lot of guys open. You gotta, you know, you gotta get to where you're going to set up before you throw. And he just wasn't getting to, you know, like the top, <coughs> he wasn't getting to the top of his drop cleanly. He wasn't getting to, to, you know, to his handoffs and everything. His fakes wasn't running the play mm-hmm. action cleanly. He was running that a lot better this last game. Well, right. You know, and, practice. and people got to remember. People got to remember too. Like since since high school, and I can't speak to his high school years because I didn't watch him in college, so I definitely didn't watch him in high school. But this is the first time he's had the same offensive system and coordinator two years in a row since yeah. he was in high school. Yeah, like, Utah State. He the had, whole time is at Utah State. They were what was yeah. a new coordinator every year, right? That was yep, a bit pretty much, yeah. And like the two years he was starting had two completely different offenses. So, right, and, and yeah. um, yeah, and it was a, a very Alex Smith situation where it was like, yeah, Alex Smith would have probably been just fine when he was drafted, but San Francisco rotated out how many? Yeah, all these yeah. Mike Singletary, Mike Nolan. Other mics and yeah, it's you know <laughs> like let's let's give let's give let's give love a little bit of, uh, a little bit of a chance here. I mean, I know Gotta everyone give love wants a chance. Him to perform. Yeah, give the kid a chance. <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's everyone knows now. This is Aaron Rodgers' seventeenth year, which makes him the longest tenured Green Bay Packer ever. Correct, John? Yep. Uh, Means he's played for the Packers. In terms of quarterbacks, yeah. In terms of quarterbacks, yeah. it's the most seasons a quarterback has had. It's more than. Either Favre or Star. Who has more than him total, though, then? I don't know if... I mean, I'm trying to think. Like, Nitschke played for a lot of years, actually, because he, he came in for a while. I'm trying to think how long they would have been. I just... I only know that it's, for fact, the longest tenured quarterback on our yeah. on, on the Packers. I can't I mean, be certain that he's the longest of, of any position. I would, I would guess that he's probably the longest tenured player ever, too, because, I mean... Nitschke played for a long time too, but I mean, I mean, we're talking. He's up there with um, um, with who's the with, uh, lineman, Crosby? Who's lineman with Mason the, Crosby? How about that Mason too? <laughs> yeah, Mason Crosby's one year behind him. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, who's the uh, who's the line, lineman who played for the Rams forever? Left tackle. Um, Newberry. Newberry. Not Newberry. Uh, oh, old God. school guy used to play for the Rams. Tackle Slater played for like Slater. Jackie Slater. Slater. Jackie Slater. Slater. Yeah, I mean, he's getting up into Jackie Slater years. Like not consecutive games. Don't get me wrong, Jackie Slater's consecutive games and Rogers. But I mean, as far as like just with one team, like Rogers is starting to get up there. So people tend not to remember like the early Aaron Rodgers days. And there's videos floating out there, like some of the people who aren't even trolling Aaron Rodgers, but just want to remind you, hey, this is what Aaron Rodgers looked like when he took the field for the first time. And it looked klutzy and there were some bad throws. There was a four interception game, I think, early on. Um yeah. You know, and and one of the big knocks on Aaron Rodgers coming out of college was that he came from Cal, where they had that offensive coordinator who was, you know, he had a bad delivery coming out of college, a big long delivery. <laughs> I can't think of the other, I can't think of the other quarterbacks that came from that same school, but uh, Cal, all the other ones, Cal. not from Cal, but from that same offensive coordinator. And oh, from they, Tedford they said, system. What's that? The Tedford system. The Tedford system. Yes, the Tedford. Thank you. So like yes, Dilfer yeah. and Kyle Bowler and yep. oh, uh, Joe Harrington and yep. I'm forgetting the other guy from Oregon uh, who went uh, Achilles Smith. 
Yeah. So guys, so so out of that, so out of that group, you'd have to argue, except for Trent Dilfer sneaking his way into a Super Bowl, you know, <laughs> and having a really good post career, uh, post football career, and uh, uh, commentating. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is the only one with a bunch. Of, and, and when he came out of college, it, he was criticized about his throwing motion. So, um, uh, it you know, it's it's never. I'm I'm I, I'm not I'm not a love I'm not a love. How do I put this anyway? I'm not a, I'm not a love man, uh, <laughs> Ooh. but I'm a love backer. Like like we got to give the kid a chance to get better, you know? Because what other choice do we have? Because guess what? Aaron Rodgers is going to last forever either. And a lot of the Aaron Rodgers fans now that are just Aaron Rodgers fans are the same people that were bashing people for being Rodgers or being Favre fans. Yeah. However many years ago, where you know, like when when Favre left, they left the Packers to go to the Jets. Right. And it's like. Oh, really? You know, like, is this is where we're at. So, I mean, what other choice do we it's, have? You better be cheering for love if you're a Packer fan, because guess what? He's going to be a quarterback at some point here going yeah. forward. Yeah, that's true. Probably next season. So almost certainly with the way that the contract apparently has been redone for Rodgers, that's probably exactly true. One of the other players who did get some uh, some love from his head coach this week is uh, Devondre Campbell. Not a name that any of us are talking about because the way we've been Who looking is that <laughs> right. I wrote a thing about the uh, it's for Acme Packing Company. I wrote something on the linebackers being projected towards the, the team this year. Um, a lot of people looking already for Chris Barnes and Kamal Martin to be the two names who come out there in that inside backer position. But Devondre Campbell is apparently, you know, done well, uh, said he was an explosive inside linebacker and you're just like, man. I don't remember people talking like that about other linebackers, um, but Lafleur went out of his way to say good things about Campbell as well. So if we can have somebody else in there who's going to be pushing these two young guys, that's good. Campbell's more experienced. He's uh, He's been around the league a little bit longer. He's I forget where he's coming over from off the top of my head. Uh, I can find it here Arizona. hopefully shortly. Uh, yeah, Arizona. He played with Atlanta before that. But yeah, he's, uh, he, he's one of those guys who can fill in hopefully and... Uh, Wait, what? He went, to, he went to Minnesota just like uh, Martin? I, I didn't look that far back. I was looking at his pro career only. Yeah, he went He went to Minnesota. Okay. He, he started off at Hutchinson Community College <laughs> and then went to the University of Minnesota. Okay. He's a big yeah. kid. Holy smokes. Yeah, he's he started uh, all 16 games for the Cardinals last year. He's a guy who can you know be in there. He doesn't have the Kirksey problem of not being on the field. He's a... Uh, Good. That's a good he, start. He's a nice player. Um, calling him explosive is one thing, but I mean, he started for an NFL team last year, albeit the Cardinals. The Cardinals' defense was fairly decent. Um, the, the thing is, just mostly you need another actual kind of mentor type player back there who knows the league because the other two guys are are coming into their second year. You know, Martin. Mm-hmm. Martin showed a lot of flashes last year. Um, my biggest worry with him is he seems to shoot the wrong gaps. He gets very excited yeah. and um, shoots the gap. Sometimes he undershoots, trying to get to a spot quickly. Um, and sometimes he's, you know, when he's dead on. I mean, he he just makes gigantic um, splash plays. Just how, how how did we not talk about this guy when we signed him? It came up in June. It was not a. It was kind of an under the June. radar signing. Yeah. So it's June 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 9th. I mean, I understand that inside yeah. linebackers aren't the flashiest of players. I mean, not since the Mike Singletary days. Boom. Second Mike Singletary reference <laughs> today. But I mean, just two. I mean, so last year with Arizona, he had 91 tackles. 
61 solo, which I mean, that's those, those are some Blake Martinez numbers right there. <laughs> um, but uh, I, <laughs> sorry, I couldn't yeah, help myself. No. But, I mean, two years ago with, with Atlanta, he had 122 tackles for yeah. the middle linebacker position, you know, only 68 solo, but that's what you kind of expect. You get you to know, the ball and the finish. Linebacker yeah. Position. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, this dude's kind of a tackling, a tackling, tackling fuel, tackling fuel. So, and then once I we start mean, seeing him in that. games, it'll be interesting to see where he's making those tackles. Um, I haven't watched a lot of him, I guess, beforehand because he was not somebody who was really on my radar as a like we we didn't talk about him as a key acquisition because you know they're signing him as depth in that linebacking core, and we were in the middle of watching the Bucks do something pretty impressive, so we we didn't spend a lot of time on those things, and and we were really at that point with all the Roger stuff, just staying away mm. from anything Packers because it was so toxic. Such a weird yeah, toxic environment that we were we were in back there. So, yeah, it, it's nice to be able to see a guy like this um, come in and have a chance to kind of show something. And so, yeah, I'm excited about that. One thing I'm less excited about is um, Devin Funchess is off the field. Oops, like big oops. Um, I don't know if you saw this, Aaron. It has been the talk of the town in the last I two did. days. You you always talk about how I'm on Twitter. Of course, I saw it, John. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not going to go into what he said. I mean, you can watch it. He said it on video for crying out loud. It's um, it's not okay. It's just not okay. And you can say things like, well, you know, he didn't know what was going on or this. He's like, you know what? You got to know things like that. You, you know, you, you're somebody who's in a position where uh, you, you've definitely used your microphone at times to talk about a lot of different issues to then go up there and throw an ethics slur out is pretty bad um i don't have any there's no good way there's no there's no nice rub on this one right like there's just no way to look at this and be like well who knows you know it's like no that's that's a bad thing to say i'm I'm not i'm not going to defend the ethnic slur either because that's just a that's a bad side to take but uh i'm glad that they didn't just instantly cut him um because it wasn't (laughs) Take this the right way, America. It's not like it, it. The way he was saying it, he was saying it in like a, a playful way, not like in a hateful, like derogatory way. But he should know better than to not say it in the first place. Yeah. So it wasn't like he was attacking somebody with it. It was an offhanded. He slipped and he said something bad, and he should have known better because he had a microphone in front of him. But I mean, it comes down is- to it too. He's a fo- football player. I'm glad they didn't cut him. Like, you know. But yeah, you yeah. can't. I'm glad on you that be, too, I guess. But. You can't be saying that stuff. That, that was my take from it was that like he didn't say it in a way that was attacking somebody. He said it obviously, foolishly, offhandedly, not thinking about what was coming out of his mouth at the time, which I, I guess that, 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 makes, that makes me feel better about it. Not like you shouldn't feel good about it, but like it was, <sighs> he wasn't attacking somebody with the slur. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I get that. I guess the, the retort to that is, of course, that what's happening then is that he's using it casually that he's just throwing Mm -hmm. what is a very hurtful word to a lot of people casually around um there's a lot of words that hurt a lot of people in a lot of different ways that get thrown around casually every single day and a lot of people don't understand that they're not things you should be saying you and i I are not saying this word i say i say things from day to day that i'm not even sure if it's you know it's going to hurt somebody that's, in some that, way or another because I'm that. not even sure the list of things we can say anymore. So, like, I'm not trying to defend him from that aspect, but it, it didn't come from a place. I don't think 
Yeah, it's better that it didn't come from a place of hatred. I'll give you that. Uh, The thing is, is like the next step though is you should have the understanding of the people around you to know, like, man, I can't throw out some of these words. Um, No, you shouldn't be saying that in press conference or ever. You know, like especially no. There's yes, I completely agree with that part. But like, I'm I'm glad they didn't just like, all right, you're off the team because it's otherwise they would have paid him for two years for doing nothing. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) fairness. I mean, like. Didn't Riley Cooper get to hang around for a while and just had to, you know, you get fined or he gets something or suspended? I get it. The, the biggest problem Devin Funches is going to have is the amount of wide receivers on this team right now. And yeah, where that's is he finding his problem? Spot? Yeah. So that's going to be his issue. Say, he, he, might not, be... he might not make the team anyways, especially after having a year off. So, especially but, with the reintroduction of uh, Cobb and who, uh, Winfrey, is that the kid that they said that's uh, tearing it up in practice right now? Oh, I haven't heard that. But, I mean, you figure they drafted Ro- Amari Rogers. They got Devontae. Mm-hmm. They got Cobb. There's three guys who are in it. And then you start saying, okay, how many receivers are you keeping? Six? Oh, Lazard. Lazard. Yeah, Lazard, Lazard. You're keeping Lazard. You keep it. So that's four. Yeah. Then you say you're fighting MVS. You're fighting uh, St. Brown. You know, it's like, I don't know that Funches and St. Brown make this team. And I like St. Brown. I just, I don't think he makes his team. It's kind of a strange one. I think, I, I think, I think the fact that he was allowed to come back at camp after dropping that ball in the NFC championship game. Uh, well, well, everybody's got to come. Yeah. yeah. You, you, they got yeah, a lot I mean, of guys on the team uh, and you, you figure your way through it. I mean, he's in his fourth year, man. He came, him and MVS and uh, what was it, drawn? Yeah, Javon Moore. Yeah, Javon Moore. Javon Moore. Javon Moore. All came in the same year. And Javon Moore and was the highest the pick. pick. Yeah, he was. And and St. Brown was the second highest pick. He was the fourth rounder, and MBS was the fifth rounder. Yeah. And the only one who's made any kind of an impact is MBS, who MBS might actually be able to make a big impact this year when he can just be a flat-out speedster and not a second wide receiver or them trying to make him some glorified slot receiver. So... There, there are pros to having there are pros to having Cobb back on the team. Yeah, I'll tell you that. I'll, I'll say the I one thing. Called him, I almost called him Reggie Cobb again. Reggie Cobb, the running back, way <laughs> back in the nineties. Yeah, Tampa Bay, and then the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. Yep. The one thing I'll guy. say in St. Brown's defense is, uh, I mean, when he was starting to get going, he tore an ACL, and then he missed a whole yeah. year. So, you know, that was a rough go of it. This is kind of your last real shot at it, though, because. You're running out of time. Like just several of these guys are kind of running out of time, and there's a lot of competition in that room right now. So that's going to be an interesting thing to see. All right. right. Hey, Aaron. I know we want to talk about this. The Bucks made some moves, and uh, we talked yeah, about. Yeah, they did. They made a. They made a they're lot of to, moves, man. They're punching their ticket here. Uh, yeah. so well, they they're really it. in for a fight. Uh, you know, they'll do what they need to do, even if it means coming in below the belt. If it means punching a dude in the a dude in the seeds, yeah, and of course, all we're doing. I've already, is... I've already stopped doing that though. Pete Owen was telling me today that he's turned into a pretty legitimate player in the NBA. All right, uh, I mean, it's, it's hard to <laughs> get past the point that you did that several times. He's instantly the most hated player on the Bucks uh, in the state of Wisconsin. <laughs> Because I mean, oh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to say he's not that. I'm <laughs> yeah. just. I'm just saying that I think a lot of what he got, what he was in trouble for in college, uh, he's yeah. left in the past. As we're saying, it's Grayson Allen, everybody. Grayson Allen is oh, yeah. now a Buck uh, as part of this. George Hill uh, rejoined the Bucks again, and then yeah. also is it Semi Ojeleye? 
Jelly, you probably know this better than me. I don't really know him, but actually, like looking at some of his stuff, mm-hmm. he seems like a decent fit in terms of what he was getting in terms of replacing PJ Tucker essentially as that mm-hmm. kind of player. Um, he seems to have that sort of skill set. He seems to at least fall in that line. And I will learn better how to say his name as the Bucks continue to force us, you know, to have to deal with all Impossible the names, names. All the names. They're drafting Serbians and Greeks and Russians and I don't know, just lots of names. <laughs> well, well, and, and and so and and so to talk about some of the signings. So of course, uh, the the starting five is back in place, depending upon whenever Devante uh, or Devante uh, Dante Divincenzo comes back. Um, a little speculative about how long that's going to, especially with starting the season on time and how lady got hurt, you know, foot yeah. ankle injury. Um, so you figure that that's going to be Connington or whomever starting in that place. But then in the off season, you got back George Hill, um, George Hill. Like I think we talked about last week, I think kind of got a little bit of a raw deal because he, he, um, um, started the, uh, the, the walkouts during the bubble. Oh, on the Bucks! I never remember that. And- yeah, I do. I guess I'm trying to remember. I guess I don't know who would be really. I suppose there, there's definitely good no, people I'm who are mad about like, that. It, but, it's yeah. just, it, it, because he was kind of a lightning rod in that situation. I think it made him a little. It made it a little bit easier to let him go. Because I think his playoff I don't performances are what made it easier for him to go. He, he well, did- that too. But but I mean, so I'll take him over Jeff Teague any day. So there, you've got an upgrade. Right. Um, okay. uh, Grayson Allen. Uh, I had the stats up in front of me, but I'm going through the list right now. Um, it was a double-digit scorer for the um, Memphis Grizzlies, who did get in as the number eight team in the West last year, which that says something. And he was, yeah. uh, I mean, he's he was a good player and has been a good player. He's uh, left behind um, his wayward Duke days. I love Duke. <laughs> uh, anyway, and the Shashevsky days, and his stop punching people in the seeds and tripping and doing all the other things. I'm sure he plays still dirty. I, I don't care. Um, he's also a, just <laughs> just slightly below uh, 40% three-point shooter. So that's yeah. also a nice addition to the team. Also a good defender, I am told. Uh, Rodney Hood, I don't know much about Rodney Hood or Simeo Jilly. Owen taught me how to say his name the other day, and I can't remember. Simeo Okay. Anyways. Of course, we got Bobby Portis back, too. That's our bench, kids. Yeah. No, and so, I mean, even just if you could just go George Hill, Grayson Allen, and Bobby Portis, um, I mean, Grayson was starting for the Grizzlies last year, I think. Right. So, um, I mean, I, I, it's it's nothing but good stuff as far as I know. We got to have uh, – uh, so, Mr. Owen agreed that he will come onto the podcast sometime if we want to talk hey. about the Bucks. by the way. So. All right. Well, literally, literally, my takes are just a diluted uh, uh, um, Reader's Digest version of what we talk about on Monday mornings. <laughs> nice. Like, hey, you should uh, you should talk about this during the show. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. So it's like we've actually got somebody who knows basketball really well that we could call up <laughs> yeah, let's do this <laughs> instead of the instead of the wrestler from Turtle Lake, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and. Uh... It's really we all might have, got to, in terms we of might box, have to listen to some stuff about Marquette basketball, though. That's kind yeah, of the, that's going to be problematic for you, John. But no, we try to talk Marquette. They're, I mean, I don't know why it'd be a problem for me. They're not like Wisconsin's rival. Hmm. 
They're they're not like a rival. There's not a rivalry, right? I not that I'm aware of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 the, the only rival we have is the perceived rivalry that Minnesota has with us. So oh, not basketball. God, Minnesota. Man, both of our linebackers are from Minnesota. How did that happen? No. Not not Chris Anyways. Barnes, but yeah. Um, so in terms of Skyuma, in terms of uh, getting back onto the other Milwaukee team, the the Brewers, yeah, I mean, when we left, they were they're in the middle of beating the Pirates. They they had beaten the Pirates last week when we were on the show. Then they split the next two with the Pirates. So they took two out of three. Um, they've been doing very well against the Pirates, which have been a, a weird sort of bugaboo for the uh, the Brewers in, in recent years for whatever reason, even when they're bad, uh, but. They've done a very good job of controlling the Pirates over the uh, last several years here, or last, or at least over this year and whatnot. But then, yeah, the big one this week was getting to play the Giants. I mean, that's right. that's a big deal because Giants are the best record in the National League. Um, Brewers were with them seriously in every game. It was just no, they should have won the series. They were, they were one really, really bad catch from Aviel Garcia uh, away from from winning game two, winning right? that series two three. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that was called a triple, so it's not an error. But yeah, that's a, sorry, that's why it wasn't an error. But yeah, it was. If he'd have caught that, the Brewers win. There's two outs in the ninth. It's a two-one game, and then they tie it up. Catch that, they take the series, and we have a completely different. It's a very different outlook at this point. Yeah, yeah. The the other game, when, but this was, is stuff that's going to happen. I mean, they're the sec. We're the second best team in the NL behind them. Like yeah, potentially, this is an NLCS like. Yeah, without, without using hyperbole, this is an NLCS um, possible like, preview. Yeah, preview. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're dead on. Preview. And guess and guess what? They're that good. We're that good. The Dodgers are that good. You better win those GD games. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Now, yeah, it's a granted rough. Our bull, granted, our bullpen is on, on ventilators in the uh, ICU that, right now. Yeah, that is that is the one thing that does hurt on this is. This was a big chance to try to make a statement in the NL and try to gain some ground in terms of possible home field throughout that. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, yes, haters on the I, the injured list for COVID. Um, we just got Yelich back, I believe, Sunday. And right. yeah, several it's players. Said we're, put, we're putting out some guy named Norris who lives in a van down by the river and the know. two-fisted slopper coming out to the mound and tossing balls. Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of relying on a lot of well, on a very few people, I guess, basically in that bullpen. Yeah, I mean, like We've that all game been on the team for less than ten days. That yeah. the game in the on Saturday on the seventh, it was two to one, and they became two to two in the ninth. All right, so then it's a tie game. We go into the tenth. Um, San Francisco scores three runs right away. And we're like, man, alive. Like, we just held them for, you know, eight and two-thirds innings with one run. And then suddenly it's mm-hmm. five to two. Well, then the Brewers come back, and it's, you know, they, they get a home run from Urias and then a home run from Adamas. And people are like, build the statue to Adamas. He's the man. He just tied this game up 5-5. Five, five. They can still build a statue. That dude's, yeah. yeah. wasn't if, his if fault what happened next. If the Brewers don't make him the keystone piece of their franchise going forward, I'm sorry. Like mm-hmm. the guy's got no injury history. He is the real deal. Like I'm sorry, Christian. It, it, I love you to death, but Adamus is something. He's he's really something. He's been amazing. 
yeah, it's it, it, yeah, he, he he was fantastic. He ties up the game in a big spot there. It's five five. They go in there. They give up then four runs in the eleventh. They get one mm-hmm. back. They get one of those runs back, um, and then that's it. So it's six to nine after being up two to one. <laughs> two outs in the ninth. In the ninth, yeah. Uh, that that game was a, a frustrating, gross. horrible thing to watch in terms of being a Brewers fan because they kept getting close. You kept you kept seeing that they were in it. You know, like you kept seeing that mm-hmm. this team is just right there. They're they have the ability to win this game, and they just didn't. Uh, right. Same thing on Sunday. Basically, it was a two to one game. Uh, I got tied two two, then became four to two, and then they ended up just washing it away down the stretch. And um, and every uh, game went to extra innings too. Right, um, I don't think the first game did. That one just ended. Too- no, that one did too. Yeah, you're right. Because uh, yeah, because uh, Tellez, Rowdy Tellez, who is quickly becoming a uh, folk hero. Yeah, he is right up there with Bobby Portis right now. Him the and- the um, him, him and Bobby, him and Bobby are gonna have to fight over the key for the city yeah. here pretty quick. So. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the 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 pickups in this season have been fantastic. Getting Tellez, who. Mm-hmm appears to be a guy who can drive the ball really well. And you're like, when Vogelback comes back, does, does he pass Tellez? Because I don't think he does. Not right now he doesn't. Tellez hits singles every now and then. I mean, not neither one of them can steal a base to save their soul. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Tellez does have one for his career so far. It was like I said, that game I was at a couple weekends ago and Rowdy <laughs> hit that uh, that double that was a borderline double. You should have seen the rooster tails coming up off his shoes when he was rounding first. <laughs> You feel the earth shake. I thought the dome was going to come down. It was amazing. Yeah, and it's uh, he he's been driving the ball well. He's been hitting well. The hit that he did to win that game on Friday was a low and away pitch, and he just took it where he needed to go. I mean, he he's he's not just pulling it. He took a ball to the opposite field down the line. Um, mm-hmm. just a really well hit ball. He's seeing things well, and he's driving well. I'm I'm very happy with that pickup. And and you and I were both kind of like, I don't know, we'll see. Because well, and here's, and, and here's the thing too. It's like so the the one person that we uh, really regret the Brewers ever having traded away, and even we're teasing about trading him back was yeah, Jesus Aguilar. Jesus Aguilar, thank yeah. you. I was could think of his first name, I couldn't think of his last name. And um, we need Jesus for whatever. And, but, but I mean, he is he is very 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 comparable to uh, Jesus Aguilar. He really is like and he's rowdy, uh, except he's rowdy. He's rowdy, rowdy, <laughs> yes. and bowdy, he's, got, he's got country music when he walks up. <laughs> he's got a giant beard, um, but uh, but no, I mean him and he, I mean their their play is very similar because remember Jesus wasn't exactly a power hitter either. He no, could he could he, rip, could he could rip a lot of. He wasn't Prince Fielder. Like everyone has this weird notion in their mind. I've noticed that like Jesus Aguilar was like Prince Fielder. No, oh, no. Jesus could Jesus could drive a ball. Don't get me wrong. So can Rowdy, but Jesus also hit for contact when he had to. And so and that was part of the reason why the Brewers let him go because he wasn't a power hitting first baseman per se. And I don't think Rowdy 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 is either. And but I mean. I mean, as long as you got lightning in a bottle, yeah. And the dude did come out of the AL East, so yeah, I mean, I mean he's like used to seeing. You guys talk about like the, he came from the Blue Jays to us. I mean, he had to be buried on that roster because the number of power hitters the Blue Jays have been able to to hold on to oh, there. God, is, yeah, yeah just he just was not going to see time out there. So yeah, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. 
but uh, no, I, I'm very happy with it. And he's looked good. He's like I said, he's already a full hero. Yeah. And Adamus there's, there's is... going to be a statue of him and him and Adamus uh, hugging Bud Selig right <laughs> out in front of the stadium. Yeah. And uh, picking up Urias from last year, Urias has started looking a lot better. Um, the the last, you know, half of the season here, he's been fantastic. You laugh, been really you laugh good. but if they win a World Series, I I will we will come back to this podcast later. <laughs> we'll be talking oh, yeah, about where a... the statues are going to be built. <laughs> Roddy Tellas holding Adamus up in the air and <laughs> something something weird, like 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 a like a figure skater, like yeah yeah, two figure skaters, Adamus laying on. Uh, like a plank on top of his hand as he skates around. Yes, I'll great. say, you know, like the, they do have the several statues around. Yeah. W- when and if they ever make a Prince Fielder statue, what I my petition would be is that they should make it the one where all the players fell down around home plate when he jumped on it, <laughs> and they should have all the other players around, like make it a little plaza with the, like guys falling yeah, down and him great. with his arms in the air, and, and and then you should have another little spot over there of several Cardinals players with like head shaking bobbleheads so like this is not how baseball is played we are the keepers um, of baseball and this is not how baseball is played. Your, your vision your vision of, your vision of the prince fielder statue is much different than mine where he was in the all nude all nude episode of the uh, sports oh, illustrated let's not do that jeez just a big picture naked prince fielder oh you're the worst it could be flat. It could be flat on the other side, so there's like you know you can't scare the children or anything like that. Make but. it a relief. Oh, or or, relief. or or you know how they have that uh, statue of like the uh, um, Lambo leap at uh, uh, <laughs> okay at, yeah. at, at Lambo Field. Instead, just have a front row right there mm-hmm. and have someone with a with a box of nachos in their hands and Prince Fielder stealing a nacho out of their box and eating it because <laughs> that actually happened. Nice. <laughs> Do you ever see that video? I'm not Prince sure that is, I have. Prince is chasing Prince is chasing down a foul ball and it went up about ten rows. He went over there and you know, he like followed it over and then he got over there and it went too far up. And someone had nachos right there in their hand, right in front of him in the front row. He picked up a chip and dipped it in the cheese and ate it and walked back out to first base. <laughs> that, that's that's the best Prince Fielder moment ever, except for all the home runs. So yeah. yeah all of those. Those were pretty fantastic. Yeah, the uh, ones that went 450 feet in the air and only 350 feet deep and just barely made it to the first row of the right field. Yes, I love them. Moonshot. You want to know my, one of my other favorite things about Mr. Ryan John Tellez is that his um, he's, he's got to be doing this himself because his Wikipedia say, page says he's 220 pounds. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, in your bra. <laughs> it, I mean, is he... Like he has to be going on himself and adjusting it every day. Like no, no, two twenty. And then they're like, "Stop fixing this!" Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like his mom is up there fixing it for him. My little rowdy is not two hundred and fifty pounds. Nobody talks that way about my Ryan. Yeah, you know she calls him Ryan. There's no way his mom calls him Rowdy. Maybe or it's RJ. That, Maybe RJ. She's the one that started calling him Rowdy. One of the two. Yeah, yeah, those those things are also possible, I suppose. Uh, but yeah, no this this series, this this short little series of three games at home against the Giants was really a chance for the Brewers to get something done, and they were so close to really putting a stamp on this season. It's just been rough with the number of players they've lost recently. To you know, and it seems like none of them had bad symptoms. Like they seem to have been players who had the breakthrough COVID, and they're just like, "Yep, I just can't be around the players because I have COVID." So they had to stay out for whatever period of time and then come back. And it sounds like 
None of them had any issues particularly. They just, like Yelich, they specifically said, was just at home resting. He was just, you know, sleeping, getting better, like he had a bad cold. Just playing MLB The Show on PS5. <laughs> right. Yeah. As himself. Hey, I'm, so, I'm, so, I'm so great as myself. Yeah. Yeah. That would be fantastic. It would be, be a very Derek Jeter thing to do. So, um, <laughs> But... Uh, but, <laughs> but if you don't get the Derek Jeter reference, go look it up. Anyhow, uh, um, uh, no. So they uh, and, and, and you know the strength of the, and, and I was going to say I, I, I want to phrase this right. The strength of the team is the starting lineup, the or the starting pitching. Um, yeah. Woodruff, Burns, Peralta, at, at all. How, yeah, you know, Hauser, Lauer. Uh, yeah, Anderson. I mean, whoever else has come up there. I mean, even I mean, Hauser had a no hitter going on uh, against the Pirates the other day, and yeah. controversially got pulled because of too many. And everyone's like, "Why not at least let him make it through the inning?" And of course, they, in Brewers fashion, lost the game. Um, but uh, this, they, the, the strength of this team is their is their starting pitching. Um, timely hitting is also very good. But what makes this team this team is what Craig Council does with the bullpen. It's bringing in Brett Suter for the seventh, bringing in Williams for the eighth, bringing Hader for the ninth, and yeah. various other contraptions and, that make it work. And box the outgetters, too, yeah. The, bo- the box burgers of the world, the outgetters, you know? Yeah. And that's what he does. It's one out at a time. And that's what these guys that who they brought in, like Norris and uh, who, who uh, I called him the two-fisted it. slopper earlier. <laughs> Do you, do you get the do you get the two fisted slopper reference by the way? I don't think I do. No, it's an old Milwaukee County Stadium uh, reference. Uh, the two beware the two fisted slopper. Oh yeah, for there the a, commercial. There was they a guy with two beers in his hands, and he was too drunk to. Yeah, anyways. Yeah, I do remember that. And they had yeah. it was the other guy that they signed besides Norris, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head right now. But it's yeah, uh, yeah no, it's the ability for Craig Council to use those relievers to get to Hater. Or basically to get to Williams and then Hater, which is the new version of um, Knable and uh, um, uh, who was who was before Knable just two years ago. Was, well, um, two years uh, ago it was still uh, Hater. <laughs> huh? It was still well, Hater was two Hater. years ago because they had well, Knable and Hater, and then it was um, um, and then he took a, a a hard downhill slide and he ended up at the Rangers. I can't oh. think of his name. Yeah, I don't think it was off my head. They had Hater, him, and then Knable. That was the one, two, three yeah. that they had. Yeah, they had, that, um, it's been nice having Devin Williams step in and be that. When, when Knable was good, it was nice to have him in there as well. But yeah, just the um, also had the, the horrible fortune of this last week and the injuries beyond the COVID stuff. I mean, John Axford came in. Did he pitch a third of an inning before <laughs> he got injured and is just done for the year? And then um, yeah, Andrew, now the, the Brewers are on the hook for his rehab now, too. That's fine. But, I mean, like, the Sunday game, Anderson <laughs> goes in there, and I forget how far he got in, but he didn't pitch very long before he had to leave with injury and just taxing an already really spent bullpen. Um, that that was hard on Sunday. The fact the Brewers were in that 4-5 to five and almost won that game it is something kind of impressive in terms of their ability to stay with it and put up runs on the Giants because the Giants aren't, aren't nobodies they they have they've been pretty good this year on a lot of this stuff so yeah uh, brewers get to have four games against the cubs and then uh, a stretch against the pirates coming up for three games 
the game was John. supposed to be tonight, but that game's been postponed till tomorrow. So that's seven games in a row here before they get a break next John. Monday. What's up, Aaron? Jeremy Jeffress. Oh, okay, yeah. It was, Who is remember, remember, not employed right now? The, the, the original, the original big three was Hater, then Jeffress, then Knable, then Knable got hurt. Yeah, and they had to start switching it around, and they had to start doing all that other stuff too. So, but basically, that's it. Like, it, it's just it's the gamesmanship of Council trying to get it to Williams and Hater in yep. the eighth and ninth. If you can get a lead into the eighth, then it's shut down. And even with, it, remember, Suter was gone for like two years injured remember that like yep. Suter just like was mia yep. for a while and i'm happy to see him back now because he's doing exactly what he's supposed to be doing now he's the setup man he's like the he's like the swing sixth seventh guy and then you know with boxberger at all and then williams hater and then you you get it done and they had that that's what they had when they were trying to get to the world series in 2018 and lost to the dodgers in seven games was they had Williams, or they had uh, Hader, Jeffress, and, and Knable. Yep, that's right. And that's and that's and that's what he does. I mean, yes, the strength of this team is the starting pitching. Sorry, I got side sidetracked there for a little bit. <laughs> the strength of this team is the starting pitching, but the ability to use that bullpen to get to the ninth inning, whether it's Hader or Williams in the closing role, you get that's that's what console yeah. that's his whole game that's his game plan that's what yeah. it is it's to get 27 his game plan is to get 27 outs yes not <laughs> not to win the game he's to get a lead and then get out 27 getters. outs yeah yeah and you know in terms of looking forward at this and hopefully they're you know some of these guys are gonna start rotating back into the lineup and getting a lot of these guys healthy again but four games against the cubs three games against the pirates day off three games against the cardinals and then the nationals at home three of those four teams are teams that were selling at the deadline. Like the nationals mm-hmm. gave up starting pitching and their best hitter and the pirates gave up their best hitter and the Cubs gave up every single player on their roster. <laughs> except, for J- except for Jason Hayward, I guess. Yeah. Okay. That's He's fine. sitting on right field going, hey, so, what happened guys? So yeah, that's 13 games in 14 days here. Well, counting today, I guess, because there's a double header tomorrow, which is your favorite thing since there's seven inning games. <laughs> if and I, I wasn't so that. busy tomorrow, I, I would be tempted to drop a day of leave and go and watch that. Got <laughs> weekly. So, yeah. The thing is that then we'll talk about this more next week. But after they get through that, they'll have the Reds again on um, the twenty fourth, fifth, and sixth. They get the Reds, and that'll be the last series they play against the Reds. I'm pretty sure. So that that one could be very interesting in terms of what happens in in the Central. <laughs> I thought they, I, I thought they were done with the Reds after playing them 14 games before the All Star break <laughs> and 14 games after the All Star break. No, they only have the There's three a left. Of Pirates spiced in there, yeah, yeah, and then they'll get to play the Twins and then the Giants again. But yeah, they're uh, where are they? they're five and a half ahead of Cincinnati even after this weekend. They only got three games left against Cincinnati, so that's some spot where they could make up ground or we could pull away. But over mm-hmm. the next two weeks, we're going to be playing teams that are kind of done with this season. I mean, the Brewers really have to make hay in these next two weeks before they see Cincinnati again. Right. Right. All Get right. it done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I really the, only, the really only other thing I had to say for this week was uh, the Badgers got a, a bronze medal in the marathon at the Olympics this year for a women's oh, marathon. Cool. So that's pretty fantastic. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I guess the I'm Gophers are the Gophers are trying really hard to claim some gold medals. That, but 
Oh, they cut their gymnastics team. Jeez. Oh. Oh, that's sad. Oh. All right. I'm, I'm, hey, just, hey, just more shots at Minnesota. That, I'm, I'm just trying to spice it up with that. Of course, Suni Lee, who won the women's overall, is from, from, uh, Saint from the Twin Cities. Yep. Yeah, St. Paul. And uh, <laughs> University of Minnesota was uh, very quick to congratulate her on her victory when it was, yeah, they don't have a gymnastics team because they decided to cut that. So there you go. Nothing's get cut. All right, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for joining us for another wonderful week of uh, Wisconsin sports talk here. And uh, we're glad to have you with us. Uh, make sure you join us again next week. And uh, as we move through this and uh, start actually, I think next week when we start uh, games, we'll be into season four of the Scotty Jr. Oh, podcast. Yeah. Oh, John, you're solo next week too, by the way. Oh, all right. We'll see if there's anybody else or, wants to join us to talk about Packers and stuff. Yeah. Too, so. Yeah, we'll I'll, see I'll, I'll be doing I'll be doing army things next week. So all right, well, everybody, you won't have Aaron. So tell all your friends I... you can listen to the show again next week. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, thing is, thing is, your son at this point is a better draw than I am. So and, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's fun. Much higher, right. much higher upside. I'm, uh, I'm, I've peaked. <laughs> all right. Remember, of course, you can follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me at Not So Humble Host, and you can follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at Scotty Johnny One or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening, and on Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs>